You are tuned into another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson, and we got some trade deadline talk to get into today. And we're going to be joined by a special guest. So we're going to start it off talking about Nikki Lopez being dealt to Atlanta. Then we're going to get Jared Perkins' thought, thoughts on them as well. And then we're going to wrap it up with J.J. Piccolo and a quick review of him. Now, he's got some time before the trade deadline is officially up, but how is he doing so far? All that is coming up next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. First things first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Royals your first listen every day. You can always check us out on all those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and always be sure to give us a check on YouTube. Just hit that follow button and subscribe. And you can check me out on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. You have any questions, you have any comments, you can let me know on YouTube or just reach out to me on Twitter. And I feel like for a lot of us out there, we want to know everyone's thoughts and opinions on the Kansas City Royals and especially the trades that they have made and they might be making here in the next 24 hours. Again, we're going to get Jared Perkins' thoughts on those and who they else could still deal uh, before that trade deadline officially ends tomorrow. But there was a trade yesterday that was largely met with a lot of criticism. And I think it's going to tie into our show at the very end when going over J.J. Bacolo. So the Royals make a trade yesterday and sending Nick Nicky Lopez to Atlanta and then getting Taylor Hearn in return. And I, I think for everybody out there, when you look at Nicky Lopez's numbers, you look at his role on the 2023 roster, right? Your, your initial reaction is, I can't get too upset, right? They're trading away a guy that was playing maybe twice to three times a week. Uh, he didn't really fit into the future of Kansas City. You know, he was still two years removed from his best offensive season, even though it was a, that was about a six-war season. But it had been quite some time since Nicky Lopez had shown that he was an everyday player. So when the Royals make this trade to Atlanta, before I can even see the name pop up in Taylor Hearn, I'm thinking to myself, I could see a lottery ticket guy a Dominican Summer League guy coming over to Kansas City. I could also see a, a 25, 26-year-old double-A guy. The, the Braves have a loaded roster, guys under contract for a lot of years. They don't really care about parting ways with some of their guys in the system because they know how to you know, churn out a lot of talent, right? They know how to get a lot of top 30 guys. They draft really well. They scout really well. They're not worried about trading away their number 10 prospects. So I thought going to Atlanta, uh, Nicky Lopez could have netted at least one guy that could have a decent amount of upside, and maybe a guy that two, three years from now could be a part of your big league roster. Instead, J.J. Bacolo goes the opposite way here. He goes out and acquires a guy that not only was easily available from Atlanta, he was easily available last week when the Texas Rangers DFA'd him. And you know how Atlanta acquired Taylor Hearn? They just sent money to Texas. That's right, cash considerations to Texas, and in return, they get Taylor Hearn, who had one outing for the Braves, and he gave up four runs and got one out. 
And it's been an ugly season for him. It was ugly last season. Last season, he kind of bounced between being a starter and a reliever. He's got a big frame, six foot six, 230 pounds, big fastball, great spin rate on the slider, but kind of feels to me like Amir Garrett 2.0 and wasn't much younger. So my big question is, if you were going to acquire Taylor Hearn, why not last week? Right. What was preventing the Royals from trading for Taylor Hearn last week? Because as much as we may want to believe it, right, of of scouts and, and front office personnel, they don't just find a guy the day before and trade for him the next. They usually have been scouting this guy for a long time. They've got somebody in their front office. They've got somebody in the coaching staff saying, I like this guy. Maybe I've worked with this guy before. I see some things that his organization is not seeing. But are we to sit here and believe that Texas could not figure it out or Atlanta could not figure it out, but yet Kansas City can? I think that would be a bit childish. That'd be a bit foolish in having that type of mentality and acquiring Taylor Hearn. So why, if Taylor Hearn was available, were you not willing to give up just cash, right? Just cash for a guy that was designated for assignment. But instead, you give up a player who does have value. Not a lot, but value. It's a clubhouse guy, decent on-base percentage for such a low batting average. He has gold glove defense. The Royals had put him at first base. They had put him in left field. He can play all the spots in the infield. The only places he hadn't played was center field, I believe, right field and catcher. He's pitched before as well. So super utility to the max, right? He could be a defensive replacement for Atlanta, who is going for another World Series ring. But the Royals get a guy, in my opinion, that is not a future fit to the Kansas City Royals. Taylor Hearn is nearly 29 years old, and he hasn't shown to this point that he is a big league contributor. The numbers are bad. And that's why, to me, it almost felt like this trade was just to trade somebody, to say you've traded somebody. And Nicky Lopez, I think in my mind, I wanted to, him to go get a chance to play in the postseason. I would have liked to see the Royals get some return, but this just felt like a trade to trade somebody. And if Nicky Lopez was still on this roster on Wednesday and Thursday, I would have been a little bit disappointed, but not losing my mind. He still has club control. He's got great defense, great clubhouse guy. I don't know what the Royals see in Taylor Hearn that nobody else in baseball is, is evidently not seeing, right? I, I like the fastball. I like the slider, good spin rate. But he's been in the league now for three to four years, right? I don't think that other teams are just failing with him. And then all of a sudden, he's going to come to Kansas City, and miraculously, he's going to become this back-end guy, right? And if you made this trade just to get depth in your bullpen, right, to finish out the season, then what are we doing here? There, there's guys down in AAA who could give you some innings, guys that are still yet to, to be making their major league debut. Steven Cruz, Will Klein, John McMillan, Anthony Veneziano, four guys right there that you could plug in to your major league rotation and bullpen. Cole Reagans, there's another one. Max Castillo, there's six. So you can't really convince me that there's nobody out there that you can put in the bullpen, right? If you're looking for depth, I really question this, this method, this trade path. And it really worries me about the Royals heading into tomorrow or maybe later on tonight, and making a trade with Scott Barlow or Carlos Hernandez, right, or Ryan Yarbrough. I mean, those guys could very well be dealt, but is the front office going to go for the right guys? Right, I was fine with the Roldis Chapman trade because they got a lottery ticket involved, and Cole Reagans had a pretty good first start in Kansas City, but we haven't seen him since.
right? If they're trying to acquire major league talent, I'm sorry, but you don't have talented enough players to get a significant return from triple A guys and double A guys that are right on the doorstep at the major league level. You're not there, right? A lot of these teams out there that weren't very good two, three years ago, they had major league talent that they could trade away and get a significant return. The Royals could be doing the right thing here and trading away guys that may not have the highest value, but a lot of teams are willing to part ways with 17, 18-year-old lottery ticket guys, high A guys, you know, a 21-year-old low A guy that just isn't progressing as quickly. But a 29-year-old reliever who hasn't had any success in the big leagues, I mean, I'm hoping the best for, for the situation that the Royals can turn him into something, then you flip him next year. But you're not thinking about the future here. You're really not. And that's why I question this trade. Now, there is one thing that could happen here. Maybe a couple things that could happen. Maybe you make the trade with Nicky Lopez. It saves you about $2 million. So you trade Nicky Lopez, and then you clear up a spot right now. Who knows if Matt Beatty's the guy to take that, who came off the injured list not too long ago. But maybe it's making some room for some more trades to happen. Or you're going to be acquiring a guy soon that could take Nicky Lopez's spot. So this could be a bit of a, a moving pieces scenario, but on the surface, I, I really don't understand it. I, I don't. And I, I think Taylor Hearns got stuff, but it's going to be pretty tough to convince me that nobody else saw him being a big time reliever than the Royals can't, or the Royals can fix it. They did it with a role this Chapman, but a role this Chapman was also working out all off season and the Royals scouted him, saw what he could do, right? That's the thing. They fixed him a little bit, but Taylor Hearn's a different story here, right? Taylor Hearn, it was never what a role this Chapman was. But for the most part, Taylor Hearn kind of feels like a hope and a prayer at this point. I'm sure we'll see him in the bullpen and I'm hoping that he can have better numbers than he's had this year or last year, but I have my doubts. I would have much rather seen Nicky Lopez thrown as thrown in as a sweetener in a deal, including Barlow or Hernandez. But instead, it's a player for a player, and you traded the guy who's not going to be a part of your future for a guy who will likely is not going to be a part of your future. I just can't really say I'm on board with it. Okay, when we come back, we've got a very special guest to talk to, and I know you may appreciate my opinion, but you are really going to appreciate Jared's opinion. That's right. We have Jared Perkins coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Again, that's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Now, before we go any further and talk with our guy, Jared Perkins, the host of Behind the Seams with Just Baseball Media, we need to give a shout out to today's title sponsor in FanDuel. So, with FanDuel, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we are now joined by a very special guest. We've been teasing this a little bit. We was going to have it on last week, but I got my times all mixed up because he's on Eastern time and I'm on Central time. But it is Jared Perkins, the behind the scenes 
host over at Just Baseball Media. And Jared, first things first, I really just appreciate you coming on the show because I love your content. You had a fantastic interview with Lorenzo Kane and been wanting to get this worked out for a little bit now. And it's really the perfect timing because we got trade deadline stuff to go over. And the first thing I wanted to ask you about is this trade with Nikki Lopez and Taylor Hearn. Now, on the surface, I think some people would just go, well, you know, Nikki Lopez, he was a bench guy, super utility, wasn't going to have much value. But I don't know, Jared. I feel like there had to be a, a different return out there that didn't involve a guy that was available for just cash last week. So what do you think J.J. Bacola's thought process was and why Taylor Hearn? Yeah, I mean – I struggled with it a little bit, right? Nikki Lopez has almost kind of become not a face of the franchise, but someone that fans actually really love and love watching him play. Um, the first thing that kind of popped into my mind was maybe they just didn't, they just didn't have any other offers for Nikki Lopez. And they saw Nick Lofton in the the wings. They got some mod Taylor who they want to get some at bats to. And my first thought was like, that's maybe the best return they could have gotten. So that's one thing that was popping into my mind. Um, it's hard to know because, right, right, we're not behind the scenes. We're not in the front office. It's hard to really know what kind of offers came in. Um, there's a lot of talks about putting Nicky Lopez and tagging him on to Barlow, maybe to sweeten the deal. But I think it's really hard to move a, they say, a middle infielder. Yeah, great defensive goal glover, but hitting 210 on the season or whatever he was hitting. Um, I Taylor Hearn is fine. I mean, I'm not, I don't have super high expectations. Stuff has always been good. He's been a top 30 prospect in many different organizations, but he's been moved around a lot. So I think that's one thing. A lot of teams just haven't been able to figure out how to hone in his command and actually get something out of the, the elite fastball slider combo that he's got. Um, the Royals have been able to do that with guys like Carlos Hernandez. I think that's one thing that you can look at and hope that maybe Hearn can turn into a, a power lefty out of the bullpen. Um, but they tried it with Amir Garrett, and then that obviously didn't work either. So I, I guess I get, definitely understand why fans are concerned with the return for Nikki. Now, the Giants were also rumored to be interested in Nikki Lopez, and I don't know who would have been a, a similar comp for Taylor Hearn because I think Atlanta is thinking this is a no-brainer. We yeah. just got this guy for cash. He was, let's just be blunt about this, he was terrible in his only outing for Atlanta. But the Royals seem to be doing this a lot more this season, that – they're, they're specifically targeting guys that may have one really good pitch or, you know, with Cole Reagans, they like the spin rate on the fastball. With James MacArthur, I believe it was his slider, his curveball they really liked. And so Taylor Hearn kind of falls into that category. Yeah. But to me, it just feels like Amir Garrett 2.0. And Amir Garrett's not much older than Taylor Hearn. So I guess I'm struggling at, you know, how they think they can fix this, right? I mean, Atlanta didn't fix him because he was there for a couple of days. Texas never could fix him. So why do you think Kansas City believes they're the ones to fix him when really the only success story this year is Carlos Hernandez and maybe Roldis Chapman as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a testament to maybe they're just trying to test out the new pitching coaches and the new pitching regime. I mean, to your point, it, they're getting these guys with high spin pitches and things like that. So the complaint before was that they weren't using data and analytics to their advantage. And maybe they're just trying to do that now. Right. And getting a guy like Taylor Hearn, see if they can develop him. Um, they've, I'd say there's been some su success at the minor league levels with some of these, like bringing in Jacob Wallace. Um, that was a guy who's come in and kind of has really kind of flourished um, bringing in a guy like Will Fleming, who's really started to find some success this year. So um I assume that's what their move is, is to really see if they can get something out of it. And 
I mean, worst case scenario, they traded Nicky Lopez for sure, had some years of control, which you don't like to see given up. But if they're really the ultimate goal is to give Samad Taylor and Nick Lofton some at-bats, I mean, the move makes sense. You, know, you take a high-risk pitcher and hope that you can get something out of him um, and then hope for the best. <laughs> and now you have guys that you feel like, at least before the deadline tomorrow, they should be traded off yeah. somewhere. Ryan Yarbrough, I mean, it feels like, I don't want to say 90% because you never know in baseball. Uh, Scott Barlow, I'm probably at 75% because of how he's performed over the last you know seven to eight outings or so. I feel like Carlos Hernandez has generated some buzz. At least Kylie McDaniel said that he's generated some buzz. Uh, maybe a guy like Edward Olivares could generate some buzz. Matt Duffy, who knows really there. But uh, to me, it's the three pitchers there with yeah. Barlow, it's Yarbrough, it's Hernandez. Who do you think is the next to go? Uh, who do you think could get the biggest return? And is there somebody maybe you'd package together, right? If you do Barlow and Hernandez or Barlow and Yarbrough, what do you think is the next move for JJ Bacola? Yeah, I mean, I put the put a Kansas City Royals trade deadline guy together for just baseball, and there's not many options to get traded. Like yeah. you mentioned, it's really the three arms, um, and I. I think that's the thing that I want. I think Royals fans should really do is temper their expectations, right? They don't have the trade pieces like they did when they had Whit Merrifield, Andrew Benintendi, mm -hmm. guys who can kind of net some top 30 guys. Um, I My assumption would be that Scott Barlow would be the next one to go. He seems like the, the likely candidate. I don't know if the struggles really have tampered his or tempered his uh, trade market because you'll see a guy like Pierce Johnson who got moved to the yeah. Atlanta Braves with like a 6 ERA. Um, but had some good underlying numbers. And I think some of uh, Scott Barlow's underlying numbers are still still pretty good. Um, so a team might take a shot. And he's probably getting impacted a lot by the trade talks, right? And that might, the uncertainty and trying to figure out like what's going to happen next in his career could be really impacting his performance on the field. Um, so I think Scott Barlow has a chance to be moved. Carlos Hernandez is one I would love to see moved, but I don't know if the front office does it or not. That's the one thing I think he's going to net you the highest return. His value is probably not going to get any higher than it is right now. If you really want a good group of prospects, I think Hernandez would be the one I'd like, like to see go. We're talking here with Jared Perkins from the, or he's the host, excuse me, uh, behind the scenes over at just baseball media. We're talking some trade deadline here with the Kansas city Royals. Now with Carlos Hernandez, I, I think this is really a unique situation because we saw on Sunday, you know, he's out there pumping triple digits to me, it feels like he's got the best closer stuff that we've seen in quite some time. I get Scott Barlow was great. I'm not trying to downgrade what he did in you know, 2019, 2020, 2021. But this really, to me, is kind of in some way, shape, or form like a Kelvin Herrera type come up here where really once he found it, he had electric stuff. And he's only 26 years old, got tons of years left of control. But we all know that relievers have that short lifespan in Major League Baseball. So if you're J.J. Piccolo, Jared, are you looking at him and saying, this is the best he's going to get, right? If somebody comes calling and says, we need a back-end guy, here is a, a number seven and a number 10 prospect. Do you jump on that or do you go, this is a 26-year-old that we feel like we're just scratching the surface on. We feel like maybe with a good offseason, we spend some money. We're contending a little bit more in our own division, which is terrible, I might add. <laughs> and you want to keep a guy. You know, If you're going to trade yeah. Scott Barlow, you need somebody to get outs in the ninth inning, and Carlos Hernandez could be that guy. So if it's you, Jared, are you moving him this year and gambling that this is the best you'll ever get? Or are you going to take the, the path of he's going to get only that much better and we want to have a back-end guy like that down the road? And then maybe in two years, you flip him at his best value. Yeah, I mean, 
to me, it comes down to the question, like, when do they think is their window for opportunity to compete, right? And you look at the record this year and the, the steps back that the team has taken in a little bit. I would move them now just because the shelf life, like you said, of a reliever is very short, right? We've seen the guys go, we'll have a great year, and then the next year they're not doing so hot. Kelvin Herrera, even for as great of a career he had, it was still a short career. Even after he left Kansas City, he struggled mightily everywhere he went. Um, so to me, it's like – that's a guy you just got to capitalize on, right? You got to get the best prospect capital you can. Maybe he takes off next year, like say they traded him to Tampa Bay or whatever, yeah. and he all of a sudden is flourishing in that system. But I think the window to move him is now. I It's hard to, to think that the Royals are going to be very, very competitive in the next yeah. two to three years um, just based on what's out there. Again, significant things could happen in player development. Trades could happen. Who knows? Signing free agents, whatever. Um, but if you're looking at their where they're at now, I, I have to say you'd want to move Carlos Hernandez. And if they sit on their hands here, right? Well, let's say, Jared, that we post this podcast. And, you know, again, I'm praying that no move is made before I yeah. can get this out because then all of our talk might be a little bit useless when we're talking about some of these guys getting traded or not. But let's say tomorrow, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., all the Royals did was just sit on their hands, right? J.J. Bacola, the front office, they didn't move anybody. Right, Ryan Yarbrough still in the rotation. Granky still is. Lyles is. Barlow's still the ninth inning guy. How is that going to be perceived? Because right now it feels like a lot of fans. Maybe it was triggered by the Nicky Lopez trade yesterday, not getting much in return. But man, Jared, I, I really feel like this is JJ's chance to prove I'm not Dayton Moore. I'm really different. And I feel like if he doesn't do anything, that 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 doubt is starting to creep in a little bit, and the the nickname of Dayton 2.0 might in the end be true because you got to show us you're different. And if you sit on your hands, you're not being much different at all. Yeah. I mean, I always expect guys like Barlow and Yarbrough to get moved, but I guess it comes down to the question of what's, who are the buyers, right? Who's actually coming out there and contacting JJ and be like, give me those guys. Um, So I would be really disappointed. Or I think most fans would be disappointed if guys like that aren't on the move at the deadline. And you're going to be like, okay, are we just, repeating what we've done in the years past but i'm also wondering how big the market is for both um and are they going to get the value they want like they have another year of control over barlow are they going to really want to push him out the door if they're not going to get the return and that's the other thing they have to look at too like if they just push the trade just to push a trade are fans going to be happy with the return that comes in the door for barlow right if it's another nicky lopez like hern type deal um I, I have to think that's something that fans need to pay attention to as well. But yeah, I mean, I think if they really wanted to, the front office wanted to show that they're kind of moving in a new direction, like moving a guy like Carlos Hernandez would be the route to take. We're talking with the host of Behind the Scenes on Just Baseball Media, Jared Perkins. And Jared, we really appreciate your time here. Been wanting to set this up for quite some time. And I want to, to leave you the platform here. The last question here I, I have for you to, to speak to the listeners, because I'm sure... Tomorrow, there's going to be questions asked of, you know, is J.J. really the guy? And really for John Sherman, who's experienced a lot of criticism, gotten a lot of heat, uh, and people saying, hey, you need to just completely gut everything, right? Houston, back in, I want to say, 2010 or 11, I mean, you go and you gut everything, right? A scouting department, yeah. player development, coaches, everything involved. And in the end, it worked out for Houston. But I want you to kind of speak to listeners here and maybe say what the likelihood would be, right? If J.J. doesn't make a move, we get to the fall and the winter. Is John Sherman that guy that is cutthroat enough where he went, you know what? You didn't improve us at all. And I am going to make a different move here because 
you know, my butt's now on the line because I'm getting heat for downtown stadium. And I know I need to put money into this team, but I also need a guy who's going to be aggressive and is going to put the guys out there that are the right guys. So do you see a scenario in which that could happen where we get to the fall, this team lost 115 games. They didn't get anybody of significant value. Do you see John Sherman going out there and making an entire organizational change? Because if you bring in with somebody from the outside, right, an outside hire, not a promotional from within, it would kind of be scorched earth, right? You're getting yeah. a guy that's coming in and wants to replace everybody with his guys. Is there a world in which that could happen? Or is there no chance in hell that J.J. Bacola is going to be out of a job by December? I'd hope not in some sense because like he's inheriting a lot right from the last uh, regime. And I think it's, you got to give him a couple of years to see what he can do. Right. It might be frustrating for Royals fans, but like if you got it completely now, the results I don't think are going to be different next year versus what they were this year. Um, not just, I just don't think like you're going to start a whole entire new front office, which yeah, it worked for the Astros. And I think that's fine. And it's a route you can take if it doesn't improve in the next couple of years. But I, I'd have a hard time thinking like, if you've got it completely, like there'd be a complete difference next year. Um, I think that there's as long as Royals fans don't want to hear to be patient because the rebuild's been happening for so yeah. long. There is a sense of patience you have to have with JJ and Matt Quattraro, who's the manager, right? They're both in their first year of doing this. Um, JJ was involved, of course, in a lot of different things when Dayton was at the helm, but he still wasn't the lead guy. So I think it's takes some time. He's made some significant changes to the pitching side of things, um, he's made significant changes in terms of bringing in behavioral health and mental health specialists and performing on the mental side, letting these guys go to driveline and being able to do that outside of the Royals organization and also just being using more data and analytics, which I think is huge. Um, and that's something that fans were disappointed with for a while. So I think it's going to be a long process. Um, it's going to be a year or two. Uh, I, hopefully we don't see him out the door in December. I wish I could kind of peer into the mind of John Sherman and figure, be like, Oh, this is what he's going to do. Um, but if he's got feels pressured about the downtown stadium, he could try to make significant changes. Well, Jared, thanks so much for your time. This has been fantastic. And, and I really do think that a lot of what you do, the interviews you've had, the takes you have, it's what every Royals fan needs to hear. What you need to, people need to go check out the Lorenzo Kane interview. You know, behind the scenes is a great podcast over at Just Baseball Media. And Jared is the head guy in that, but also has great Royals content. So, Jared, once again, thanks so much for your time. and can't wait to have you on again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to the episode coming out. And uh, hopefully we have some good news at the end of the trade deadline. Absolutely. That is Jared Perkins, uh, the host of Behind the Scenes at Just Baseball Media. Does great work. And we are going to talk about the deadline when we come back. And that is going to be about J.J. Piccolo. So you got Jared's thoughts on what they're going to do with J.J. I'll give you my thoughts coming up next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five and you can check us out on all those podcasting platforms like apple podcast amazon music spotify and give us a follow on youtube just hit that subscribe button and comment you know anything you want about the Kansas city royals questions opinions i'm going to try to get to them as best as i can but again if you don't want to go through youtube you can always go through twitter either tweet at me or direct message me 
My DMs are open, so you can always ask me questions there, whether you want to be public or private. Uh, we had a great interview with Jared Perkins, and he does fantastic work over at Just Baseball Media. They are a great follow. He just had an incredible interview with Lorenzo Cain, of course, former Royal, and lots of insightful stuff and fun stories as well. Uh, maybe here in the future, we'll try to get a former Royals player on. Last one we had was Brandon Finnegan, who had some great tales from the 2014 team. But of course, Lorenzo Cain, uh, really one of the biggest heroes of those 2014 and 15 teams during their run. Before we wrap it up today, and hopefully no news breaks while I'm posting this podcast, I want to talk about J.J. Bacole a little bit more. Because I asked Jared this in his final question, and what I think that John Sherman and this front office will do at the very end of the season, maybe the hand that's being forced, right? If J.J. Piccolo doesn't make any move, right, by this time tomorrow, Scott Barlow's not dealt, Ryan Yarbrough's not dealt, Carlos Hernandez is not dealt, you know, Edward Olivares is not dealt, Matt Duffy's not dealt, Lyle's not dealt, Granky not dealt. You get the gist of what I'm getting at here. There is going to need to be some really difficult questions asked, not only to him, but to John Sherman. Because the Royals are in a spot right now where they are in a rebuild, okay? But there's a difference between being in a rebuild with a lot of young talent and being in a rebuild where you have nothing. And if you're not trying to add talent to that farm system and talent you can develop, then you're kind of sputtering in the mud, right? You're not going anywhere. You're not moving anywhere. And I think this is going to be such a crossroads in the offseason. We've discussed this before on Lockdown Royals, is that – they need to spend, right? They almost have to spend because the problem you have with the fan base is that they think right now you don't care, right? Whether you want to tell the sob stories or whether you want to, to say how long of a fan you've been, you know, John Sherman's done that. I'm sure that he cares. I'm sure JJ Piccolo cares. All these guys in the organization care, but the fan base wants results. They want competency. They want competitiveness. And, and listen, I could have come on the show today and talk about the three-game sweep they had over Minnesota, a team in first place in the American League Central. Bobby Witt Jr. on his tear, right? And I wanted to do all that, but of course it's trade deadline time, and trades are happening all around baseball. But the Royals have been relatively quiet. And if you go into this offseason after you lose 110 to 115 games, and you sit on your hands and don't do anything after you sat on your hands at the end of July during the deadline, it's going to be really hard to find support. Right. And I think to even to players, why would they sign an extension here? You know, I think that's why the Royals are on the clock a little bit here and why their rebuild is going to be a bit unorthodox because they don't have the the blessings and the 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 great spot of being a team that has six top 100 guys. Because if they did, the Royals could sit on their hands this offseason and say, we're not ready to spend, but our core is coming. The Royals don't have a core coming. They've got a core right now where the clock is ticking, right? You've got Bobby Wood Jr., Michael Garcia, Vinny Pasquantino, three guys I build around. You know, and if you don't spend any money to or spend any money to help those players, help out the rotation, you're not going to get any of those guys to stay here because they're going to want to play on teams that compete. And if the Royals aren't trying to better their team for the future, I really question if J.J. Piccolo can be the right guy. And that's what I'm really struggling with right now. Because I've said this before. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite or go back on my words here. I said if John Sherman fires J.J. Piccolo and Matt Couture after one year, it shows there was never a plan in place. This was just a lost year. Nothing was, was 
put in motion. Nothing was successful. And that concerns me. That worries me. But I think what every fan wanted to see was J.J. Piccolo be different than Dayton Moore. And he, unfortunately, was not going to be given a lot of time. If you were truly different and you were not under the thumb of Dayton Moore, you were under the thumb, excuse me, then to me, you had to show you were really different. And I think the scary part of the Royals organization is you have a lot of the same guys that have been there and had the same failures for years and years and years. And no, I don't think it's a simple fix by just gutting the organization, but at least there's a blueprint to that. Like I, I don't want to say I'm calling for J.J. Piccolo's head after just a short time in that spot, but there are guys out there in front offices that are working with the best of the best and continue to find talent. There are scouts in the system, find talent. They develop guys. And the Royals, I just think right now, are not really convincing anybody that they're doing things differently. And that is really worrisome. Now, I want to remain optimistic. I'm hoping Bobby Wood Jr., Michael Garcia, they go on a tear down the stretch and John Sherman opens up his wallet in the offseason and gives this team some help. But I got to see a little bit more from J.J. Piccolo. If you make a trade like this, where you get Taylor Hearn, and you make a trade where you had Chapman, and you go out there and you get Cole Reagans and Roni Cabrera, I got to see improvements, right? Your first-round picks the last couple of years have not been doing that good, or that well, I should say. Gavin Cross, struggling. Asa Lacey, not pitching. The 2018 draft class, struggling mightily. Frank Mozicato struggling in high A, hasn't really had an increase in velocity. Blake Mitchell just got signed to the surprise league, so let's hold out a little bit here. But the Royals seem to make it harder on themselves. They are making it harder on themselves. That's just not a good recipe for success. You got to do things differently, okay? You just have to. And the Royals right now seem to be a bit stuck in their ways. And that, for one, I'm not going to be on board with. If you're not going to change your ways, then you're not going to see different results. I get it takes time, but a part of changing a culture and dealing with those growing pains, dealing with those problems, you have to be able to go outside your comfort zone. And I'm almost wondering if the scouts, the player development team, J.J. Piccolo, they're too used to their own ways. And they feel like we've done it right before. We're going to continue doing things our way. You need to have a different approach. The Nicky Lopez trade is not a different approach. We've seen those trades time and time and again, and they pretty much have a 0% success rate. That's problematic. So the big question is, how long does John Sherman give him? I thought he was pretty cutthroat in getting rid of Dayton Moore. Does he go right after J.J. Bacola if things don't go as well, if the trades don't happen? I guess we'll wait and see. I would probably lean toward no because that would admit that John Sherman made a bad decision and maybe one of the biggest decisions he had as the owner of this team, but he doesn't have a lot of fans right now, unfortunately. And they're not going to be a lot of fans. There's not going to be a lot of fans going out in Kauffman Stadium if the same problems keep arising, right? There's going to be a lack of support. I'm not saying boycotting in the way that Oakland did, but you're going to have a very angry fan base if things don't start to change and they change rather quickly. So we'll see what happens with this trade deadline. But as for today, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Be sure to check us out on all those podcasting platforms. 
like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. And be sure to check us out on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Tomorrow, we're going to have a lot of trade deadline talk and what moves the Royals did or they did not make. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.